Hey everyone, welcome. We have the 262 Report, a new podcast from the Zeller team at Realty Executives. We're going to be talking today about the current market, about rent versus buy decisions, um, and why why mistakes you can make when you don't make that decision. Today we have TJ Ebert with us. He's with Guidance Mortgage. One sec, let me pull TJ up. Hello everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. So TJ's been in the industry for 12 years. He's at UW Credit Union. He's been at Guidance Mortgage for the last two years. Uh, TJ runs his business on understanding his clients, bringing him the best service. He has a passion for having educated buyers. Uh, he maintains client relationships. What else can you tell me about yourself? We're It's a matter of, yeah, it's... I, I like helping people, helping humans, and nobody is just a number. I, I don't try to get through loan applications as quickly as possible. I want to maintain connections so that I'm not just helping somebody with their loan now. I'm helping them down the road when they're looking to refinance for any any reason, looking to buy the next home. I want to make sure that everyone has a great experience so that I am your lender for, for the remainder of your home buying life. And what I like about you, TJ, is that like I've seen some of the... Um when you're working with people, the opportunities, the breakouts that you give them, that you're not just giving them one option, you're kind of giving them an array of options that they have to help them make the best decision. Definitely. I want to make, I want to help them, really guide them towards making a, a sound decision, but ultimately have them make the decision that's best for their own situation. Right, right. You're not making the decision for them. Exactly. Good. So how, how are you seeing the current market this week? What are you seeing? It's definitely picking up. Um, and an old adage at the office is that, you know, once the Super Bowl hits, then then the spring market really starts to, to spring into action. But there's definitely more buying activity. I've had a lot more conversations with prospective buyers and pre-approvals over the last few weeks. And while there's a lot of buildup and, and people wanting to pursue buying a home, it's still a tough time to get an accepted offer and to, to really buy that home. Yeah, that's what Michelle and I are seeing. I know like over the last couple of weeks, uh, the offers that we've written there's been multiple offers again so that's back um and so you have to you know really give your bring your best offer to the table and i think too that's where it's important to work with a lender that is creative with the solution so you can write your best offer mm -hmm. i think uh, like one of the things that we're seeing is like we're asking our clients to follow with their lenders and after they're before they're about to write the offer like can we do an appraisal gap can we yes. and so it's really important i know um and both the offers that we wrote, one of them we haven't heard back yet, fingers crossed. <laughs> one we didn't get, and we went over a decent amount. We had an appraisal gap, so it's the other thing that we're seeing is there's just not that much inventory. Are you saying that too? Yeah, there, there's a massive shortage, and a lot of that has to do with just keeping it local. Um, I heard that 71% of homeowners in the greater Milwaukee area have an interest rate of less than 4%. 71%. 71%. So anybody who is has a home right now at a low interest rate, it's really tough for them to willingly sell their home knowing they're going to move into a mortgage with a higher rate. So that is keeping a lot of people who may otherwise be selling their home and providing the inventory for other buyers, they're staying they're staying with that property unless they absolutely have to relocate. But does that mean like over the last five years or so, the average has been like four or less? I would say, rates? yeah, absolutely. But based, you know, 2018, uh, rates started to creep up a little bit, but they for the six years before that rates were really low in the threes and fours. And then with COVID, 
rates plummeted back down into threes, and, and some people were even able to refinance down into the twos on a shorter term, maybe 10 or 15 year mortgage. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of low rates that are out there. And those, barring another pandemic, rates in the twos and threes are not likely to return anytime soon, that's for sure. I know. I think, I feel like some people are like with rates right now, like, oh, we're just going to wait. But what are you waiting for? We don't even know, Mm-mm. right? Absolutely. And so if you're lucky enough to get, have a home come on the market that matches what you're looking for, maybe get after it, right? Yeah. And especially, that's such a great stat, 71%. Mm-hmm. I mean, not great as a buyer, but interesting. It's significant. It is. Yeah. And, and to go back to what you mentioned before about having a, a strong plan of action when buying a home, nothing can be stronger than having a true team that is helping you. And by team, I mean a lender and a realtor that have a great connection that are able to work as a, as a tri triangle and a strong team with you as the buyer. So everyone is on the same page. Everyone understands what the goals are and looking at every opportunity to have your offer stand out so that you can be chosen when you're, when you're wanting to offer a home. I think that's so true. I think like, um, I know Michelle and I run a business working with, I mean, we really send, try to send our buyers to agents or lenders that we know that we can work with, that we can text TG on a Sunday afternoon and say, hey, can you write an offer? Maybe. Um, and also knowing that like if something comes up or we need to get creative, that we can communicate back and forth. And I, I think that sometimes buyers think they have to keep those two people separate. And it's really, as like you said, it's part of a team Absolutely. to work together. Uh, this week I saw that inflation came out and it was up. right? Month to month. A little bit higher than what was anticipated or forecasted. So what do you think is going to happen with rates then because of that? Well, rates have ticked up slightly as a result. There was hope that if if inflation came back at expected levels or maybe slightly less, the rates would continue a downward trend. But rates this week alone have gone up another quarter point, quarter percent, maybe half percent for, for certain situations. So overall, I would say average rates are between six and a quarter to maybe six and three quarter. Um, Do you think we're going to go over seven again now with inflation? I'm not sure. If, I'm asking. Yeah, the barring, <laughs> barring additional misses, additional inflation reports where numbers are not as good as anticipated, uh, barring that, I, there's not expectation that we would reach 7% again. Okay. However, everything is data dependent. I know. The Fed sets the rates based on the data that they provide. So if that data comes back and it's higher than ex- expected, it could spell rates back in the sevens. Yeah. And like, like you said, by unexpected, and that was kind of what the report was this month, right? Mm-hmm. They were not expecting inflation to go up or at least not to go up 0.5 month to month. So yeah, you don't know. Absolutely. And what about appraisals? What are you seeing with appraisals right now? Appraisals are still coming back in, back very strong. The The buying market over the last year or two has, has helped to bolster the comparables that can be used in appraisal. So generally appraisals are coming back near or at asking price for yeah. properties. And that's good to know because I think like one of the things when we're trying to write creative offers for our buyers to get the home is should we do an appraisal gap or not? And, you know, that makes people really nervous if you're going over like 10 or 20 over, like they're leaving yourself with it, you know, and that's again, where it's good to have your team because we'll talk with the lender. Do they have room to do the appraisal gap? Absolutely. Because maybe they're only doing 3% down and we don't really have much room, but it's good to know that things are mostly coming in. Absolutely. So we wanted to dive in today and talk about rent versus buy. Um, Because one of the things like with the higher rates, we hear buyers like, oh, I don't want to you know, buy right now. They're worried about the rate that they're going to get. 
And so we kind of wanted to dive into like, what are the, what are the pros and cons of buying versus renting? Uh, what do we see in the market? What is the downside of not, you know, buying right now? So TJ, a couple questions for you. Um, so in your opinion, in the Milwaukee market, what is the main benefit of renting versus, or buying versus renting? The ultimate benefit, the, the top benefit is the ability to start building wealth on a long-term scale that renting is to compare it to a vehicle renting is just like leasing a vehicle where you always have the payments but you have nothing to show for it no value in that in that investment when that lease is done so buying a home allows you to start build building equity in that home and that equity can help down the road in other aspects of your finances whether it be investing whether it be debt consolidation or other other items that take money take a quick access to funds a home can be a solution for that but an apartment you're never going to be able to have an apartment help you financially gain anything beyond that i think that's such a great point you're right you don't even think of it as like a solution for financing even for something else if you put equity into your home mm -hmm. and you're past that 80 percent or whatever that is that they can use the resources in the home absolutely and i think too like like, I know, like with my son, I keep trying to like, all right, let's get you in a condo or something. And like, I feel like young 20 year olds sometimes like to push it off, but it's the time value of money applies to your home too. Yes. Like the sooner you start, you know, getting out of renting and into home buying, it really amplifies over the course of your life. And, and the, the example I would give with buying a home versus renting is when you buy a home, yes, you have a mortgage payment, you have a loan, you have interest. But the principal that is paid each month in your mortgage payment is still, it turns into equity. So it's still your asset, it's still your access to, to those funds. So it's kind of like you make a mortgage payment, the principal balance that you pay goes from your right pocket into your left pocket. It goes from your checking account into the mortgage, into your home. Whereas when you're renting, the full payment is going right from your account into your landlord's account. And yeah. ultimately their equity that they're building in that right. property. Your pockets are just lighter. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but your landlords are not. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, for the current state in Milwaukee, how is it affecting the renting versus buying decisions that people that you're talking to? Yeah, so the, the current state, we talk about the market being still very competitive. Uh, in terms of a national average, rents in Milwaukee are very, very affordable. So there's still, there's still potential that there are people moving to the Milwaukee area from higher priced areas, could be Chicago area. Um, but the rents are continuing to increase everywhere throughout throughout the nation and, and specifically here in the Milwaukee area, where on average last year, I saw in different, different cities and throughout the greater Milwaukee area, anywhere from five to 11% were average increases mm -hmm. in rental prices where, so, so, people who are renting it's becoming every year more and more expensive to continue renting however on the home buying yes you may have seen that values are, are increasing and that sale prices in homes are going above asking price but the overall home appreciation is far more on a home than it is than it is what the the lease amount is increasing just looking throughout the greater milwaukee area i looked up in the city of milwaukee it was around nine percent home value increase over the last year in West Dallas, 16%, Glendale, 25%, Waukesha, 20%. So those are at, at least twice the 
appreciation right. in, in a home versus having an apartment where your, your lease, your rent is increasing. So that appreciation, that is equity. Right. Appreciation turns into equity. Right, you're getting something. that extra value. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. I think when you're judging like rent versus mortgage, um, yeah, even if your mortgage is going to be a little bit more right now, that's going to stay the same likely depending on the lending solution mm-hmm. you find. But overall, it's going to be pretty close to the same where your rent is just going up. Like next year, your mortgage isn't going to go up 11%. And the year after that, it's not going to go up 11%. Mm-hmm. And so, But what is going to go up is your equity. So you're really getting like two ends of that. It's a win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. So two pieces to add on to that is, as you mentioned, most mortgages, your mortgage payment is going to remain stable. There are small fluctuations based on escrowing for property tax deviations, but the principal and interest payment, the loan itself, that payment is flat as long as that loan remains out there. Whereas, yeah, your right. monthly rent, your annual rent is always going to be increasing. And on top of that, then you think about um, the equity that you're losing out by not buying a home, that the appreciation is just, it's so massive right now. Right, right. And that, and that's the thing. You think if you get into that when you're in your 20s, and like TJ saying, like West Dallas is going up 16%, Glendale 20 like that's, a, you know, money-making value that you're not earning. Yeah, and yeah. historically, rent rent will, will increase similarly to wage growth. So somebody who is staying in an apartment for a period of time, they're getting raises at work, but those raises are proportionate to their rent increases, right. whereas the home value is, is outpacing wage growth. And you still have that, the price or your home, your mortgage is probably whatever you had five years ago. Exactly. Um, so let's see. So what I kind of talked about with interest rates and down payments uh, impact the buying and renting decision. And so like, I think one thing, like as far as like renting or buying, people get concerned about, I don't have enough money for a down payment. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you hear that a lot. And I think, especially with renters, yes. like, can, like how much do they have to put down? And like, I think cause that's a big thing that stops them. Like, I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's getting better. Um, but there is a, a really widespread mis, misunderstanding of what down payment is required. 20% is a common answer that a lot of the, the buyers I, I start talking with say. And that's historically probably passed down through generations that they've, they've been <laughs> hearing. And parents. 20%, it, exactly. and 20% is something that has impact on a mortgage in terms of PMI. Um, but a first-time buyer, a buyer really could have as little as 3% down and have conventional loan options. I always recommend 5% being a target because that that gets somebody in the best position when it comes to a conventional loan. But yeah, it could be as little as 3% for a standard mortgage. Yeah. And then, but like you, can you describe a little bit what PMI happens then for the renters so they understand that? Yeah. So PMI, it's, it's essentially insurance to cover the lender in case the, the homeowner stops making payments and it goes into default. So when somebody does not pay at least 20% down, there's a monthly insurance cost that gets added into the mortgage. And for a you know, $300,000 home, depending upon, depending upon the number of borrowers, their credit scores and location, that could be anywhere from you know, 150 bucks to $350 a month that is added into the mortgage until that loan reaches the point where that home now is worth 
the, the loan is worth no more than 80% of the home's value. So you, someone would have at least 20% equity. But one, one thing that's to factor into the current conditions of the, of the market and, and home values increasing is that timeline where maybe it would have been five, eight years for somebody to get to the point where they could drop PMI off their mortgage payment. Now it might be two, three, four years where home values continue to, to increase, where we can get a refinance to not only get a better interest rate, but also say goodbye to PMI. <laughs> Take it back, like that. So yeah, you're saying the value of that increase. They don't. Have, it's not that they had to put more money in. It's that the house value. So if a house is worth 300 when they bought it, and um, they had PMI, but then the house value went up to like 350, maybe or what? Well, I don't exactly. Yeah. Know. I can do math in my head, but not like this. Basically, then it would be 80% of that, right? And so then they would get the value of the elevated home prices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how do interest or wait? Yeah, you're, you're going to allude to how interest rates yeah. can impact, especially with renting versus buying. Well, um, as you had mentioned earlier, something about that that we hear often is renters saying, "Well, I'm going to wait until interest rates get a little bit better." In a vacuum, yeah, I think everyone would want to wait until interest rates are lower to be able to buy a home. However, thinking about the the economics that come into play with that is when interest rates are higher there are less buyers out there right. for whether it's by choice. It could be someone who doesn't want to sell their home because they have a great interest rate right now, or it could be that they no longer afford it. They are not able to be approved because that interest rate has increased the monthly payment that that's going to come with. So there are less buyers translates to less competition. When there's less competition, home prices, the, the offers are not going to be as high. I'm not saying they're not going to be at asking levels or list price, but they're not going to they're not going to exceed that as much when there's less less buyers competing right. on that property. Whereas when interest rates go lower, well now more people can afford it, right? People that were not able to get it pre-approved with higher interest rates now are in a position to to do that. Others who maybe were waiting for interest rates to get better to sell their home or to just jump into the market in general, there's going to be more competition when rates are lower. So that can make it harder to, to get an affordable home. It's possible homes are gonna sell for, for a larger amount above list price than what they would have been with higher rates, as well as when rates are lower, it can be harder for first time buyers who maybe don't have the, the cash available to be able to go above, above asking right. price. So it can, be, it can be more of a challenging time for a first-time buyer when rates do get lower. Absolutely. Like last spring is such a great point. Last spring, um, when rates were lower, there were so many cash offers out there. And I know some of our buyers would get frustrated, like, how do I compete with that? Because that is also then where, like, appraisals may come not come in when mm -hmm. people, like, are going crazy and just, like, putting these ridiculous offers. Not ridiculous. It was obviously in the end the home's value, but felt ridiculous to the buyers. Um, you know, the competitiveness that you, if you're waiting for the rates to drop, there's a different problem then. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it might, you have to might overbid, you might, might take five or six or seven different offers on a house before yours is accepted on a, you know, different homes. Um, so I think that's such a great point. Cause I hear that often either waiting for rates to drop or I'm waiting for the house prices to drop. And that's kind of another, and like, we don't know that house prices drop and they probably yes. won't right now with the mm -hmm. interest rates and everything that's going on. 
Absolutely. The only the only time in the in recent history where home values have dropped was with the recession in two thousand eight, and that's because there was too many too many homes available. The inventory was too large. So, so that's the only time. That's the only time. So, and right now we have an inventory shortage. So there's no there's no nobody's forecasting a decreasing value for for homes. I know. I was looking at the square footage uh, per home for like Mac One and Cedarburg, and like Mac One is pretty much straight course. Cedarburg has really still just been elevating the price per square foot for the last couple of years. And so it really just seems like that's more going to be the standard, not the Absolutely. drop in square Absolutely. price per square foot. Yeah. And, and thinking about the, the, when, when I hear somebody say they're going to wait for interest rates to go down, I have a really great example that I share with them to kind of put it in hard numbers as to what is the, what's the cost of waiting to help help realize that there is not a truly a benefit to waiting for lower interest rates. So this example is with a $350,000 loan. So today, you know, that might be 6.25%. And a monthly payment for that, just the principal and interest, is roughly $2,150. So if that person says, well, I'd, I'd like to wait for interest rates to go lower. Okay, well, how? what, what well, are right. you waiting for? What is the goal? What do you yeah. hope they get down to? And an example might be, well, we won't, we want to maybe wait a year, hopefully get down a, a full percent. Okay. So let's run the numbers again and say a year from now, interest rates do get better. Great for everybody. They, they can get a loan at, at 5.25%. Well, now, they're, now their monthly mortgage is going to be less. However, another year of home value appreciation, more competition that $350,000 home that they were, were wanting to get, a $350,000 loan, might be have to be $375,000. That's a you know conservative increase, $25,000 yeah, over the year. It is. And so now they're paying more for that. They have a better interest rate, but the loan is $25,000 more, and their monthly mortgage payment is only $80 less for that by waiting a full year. And they've been paying rent. If they're renting, yeah. they're paying rent for a full year. Yeah, so you, you add in... Fifteen thousand to twenty thousand dollars for that rent for the year. That rental investment, you can just add that right to the cost of the home. That you know, right, exactly. what, what bought at three fifty. Now you're now at three seventy five plus the year of rent that you paid, and the break even point just for the waiting one year, the saving eighty dollars a month on your payment, but you're paying twenty five thousand dollars more. When you add in that plus the rent that was paid, it's almost a 41-year break-even point. Really? By, by, by waiting okay. one year for interest rates to go down 1%, someone, it may take them 41. 41 years to come out ahead in the long run. This is why, like, when we have buyers bring us this question, like, oh, I'm waiting for Rachel, that we really try to get them to our lenders because they can give you really educated um evaluations of like waiting and prices as a matter of fact you have a sheet here that we kind of want to share let's see here if i can is a calculator tool that i'm able to to provide my buyers that helps really give the the hard and fast numbers on what it looks like to compare renting versus buying so this example here, again, using an average $350,000 home purchase and 6.25% 6 with 5% down payment and comparing that to paying rent of $1,700 per month. 
Now this calculation uses a very conservative home value appreciation of 3% and very conservative rent increase appreciation of 2%. But this, even with, even with a very short term difference of, of one year, the buyer is gonna come out ahead in terms of their wealth by over $5,000. And that comes from the increase in equity that they're gonna have from owning a home. Mm -hmm. Yes, they had to pay more cash upfront with the down payment closing costs than what their rent is for that full year. But the, the overall equity they built outpaces their investment in that rental air in the rental so they're coming out over five thousand that's just after one year that's crazy to me after one year yeah after after three years it's eighteen thousand five years it's almost thirty five thousand and after ten years it's it's again conservative estimates of ninety thousand dollar difference that someone has in their overall wealth and financial position and that's on a home of what price three hundred fifty thousand wow which is which is you know a starter home going right for a starter home these yeah. days and I, and i ran numbers assuming a a higher but still conservative appreciation for homes and rents of seven percent each have matched that appreciation yeah, still really reasonable and after one year you know instead of five thousand it's almost twenty thousand so it is it is financially prudent to buy a home versus renting if somebody if somebody wants to make that decision of owning a home waiting for rates to go down is only a loss of of equity that you can build up now and leverage that for other wealth gaining aspects right right this it's a it's a kind of the basis for build, building your wealth i think too like when you're talking about like the one year difference it's not even if you've made the decision you want a home it's not even financial it's peace of mind yes like if you're stuck in your apartment another year waiting for rent to go down and it feels too small and you don't have any storage space and you have stuff in storage you got to run to not only are you like losing wealth of five thousand dollars but you're really losing peace of mind i think too definitely so it's really all those factors to take in now what if people have some questions on their specific uh rent versus buy uh, we'll we'll have his contact information. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to run numbers for your for your situation. We can put in exactly the the rent that you're paying right now. Um, we can look in the general price range that you're eyeing up for a home, and can see for yourself what your what your break even point is or what your net gain is after a few years, if not that first year, and. You can feel free to call, email, text me anytime with my contact pieces that we'll share share a little bit later. I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody. And one of the reasons that like Michelle and I like TJ and work with them is like, I think sometimes people are like embarrassed or uncomfortable when they're doing their first house. Like, well, this is just my numbers. Mm -hmm. And like, I know you never look at it. Like you look at the opportunity to help someone, right? Absolutely. Like you should never feel uncomfortable. And if you feel uncomfortable reaching out to your lender, I got some other ones for you. <laughs> that, that, that is a goal of mine. I, I've been fortunate to work in an industry that is a, a life learning or applicable to, to life where I personally am able to learn things that I can use in my own life for my financial benefit. I've been doing this for so long. I, I have a ton that I can share and help. And again, there's, there's no... There's no reason to be hesitant to ask a question. My goal throughout the whole loan process is that there's there's enough education and information and support that I'm providing my buyers 
that once we get to closing, they have full peace of mind. Every question has been asked. They're confident of what they're stepping into with that mortgage, and they know what to expect even after closing day. That's right. I, I, I never I never want to turn somebody away because they're asking too many questions. There, <laughs> there is no such thing as too it many questions. Makes me think of my two year old granddaughter. Why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> and and I think yeah, and that's like. You want to be that beginning of a relationship. You want to take them to their investment, to their next mm-hmm. home. And and that's really one of the reasons that we like to work with TJ is that he has a personality and the relationship and the drive to educate, but also to like have, become friends and work people through these, you know, investment opportunities. Yes, absolutely. And and I, I maintain that relationship with the buyers and proactively will reach out right now buyers that I'm working on loans with, yes, they're going to be set up with a higher mortgage loan rate now than what we expect to be offering in a few years. Well, when somebody has a a mortgage now at a high interest rate, it doesn't mean you are stuck with that interest rate for any length of time. My business model, my company's business model is that we reach out proactively when market conditions are shifting in the favor of our past clients. We reach out to them to discuss where rates are at, talk through what options look like for them to refinance. And the majority of time, we're able to get them into a lower interest rate loan with little or no investment, no closing costs on their end to make that happen. I really, We were talking about that before I went live and I really like that because I think once you're in your home, you're not always watching rates, mm-hmm. right? Like you are. And so I like that you reach out to your past clients and like let them know like this might be favorable. And you're not doing that to like, you know, make more money. It's, not, it's like a benevolent thing you're trying to help them kind of watching so it's good to know someone else is watching where the rates are going Mm -hmm. for you so you don't like buyers it's just not their you know it's not their industry they're not watching exactly and and most first-time buyers won't won't know that or be proactive to know when or how to refinance until they've done it once or twice and so that that is something i do is to take that stress or that unknown for first-time buyers, or when can I change it to a better mortgage? When can I get a better rate? That's what I'm here for, and that's what I do. Yeah. Okay. So, what, as far as best tips for renting versus buying, what is the best tip that you have? The best tip I would have is don't wait until you're close to the end of your lease. <laughs> Unfortunately, you see it from time to time where somebody is within a few months of their lease being up, and they're calling, they want to get pre-approved, want to find a home. Well, the the pre-approval and the getting an idea of what they're looking for for a home, that can be done in a relatively short time frame. But finding a home in this market and getting your offer accepted might take multiple, three, four, five plus offers that you place on homes before you're able to find one that you you can get your offer accepted. So by waiting towards the end of your lease, you're just limiting, limiting the options that you have, the timeline that you have to make that step towards purchasing a home where individuals who don't find a home because of that short time frame, they're then forced to make a decision decision of, well, do we continue looking for a home and find someone that we can live with for a period of time? Or do they have to re-up their lease or find a different apartment that then isn't talk about that monthly rent that's added to the purchase that when they do find a home, it's added to that cost. That's such a great tip. And I, like, sometimes we'll have like buyers reach out, like it's a too early to start looking. No, it's never, it's really not. And um, because in this market, like you said, it might take multiple offers. Maybe the home you like isn't gonna come up right away. So never feel bad about like starting the process. Like agents are gonna be like, 
what are you doing? This is way too early. And I'm like, yes, let's go. You know, and that's where, you know, like if you're wondering how this process works, like some people start with their lender first and some people start with their agent, but either way, like you're going to, they're going to get you established them right away. Like you said, for that team of like lender agent team. So it doesn't really matter where you start, just start. I think that's such a great tip. Like don't, don't wait. Yes. You do not want to be stuck having to fight with your landlord about getting out because you did find the right house after two months in. Mm-hmm. If you're, if that's, you know, lucky yes. enough. Yeah, it's always a a better situation for someone who really has, they made the decision they do want to buy a home. It's a better short-term challenge to have two housing payments, your rent for a couple months and a mortgage payment, than to to not have a home that you're able to move into <laughs> and have to, to reinvest in the landlord's apartment. Or go back to hotel mom and dad. Yes, <laughs> They probably don't want you. No, they might. Okay, well, thank you, TJ. You've been a wealth of information. We want to end with some five fun facts. All right, so TJ, what's the best kept secret in Milwaukee that you have? Uh, best kept secret? I don't have one. I, I have two. So one is Barnacle Buds. Uh, I think it's off the Kinnikinnick River. Um, just a, it feels like I've only been here a couple yeah, of times, but it feels as though you're on some coast beach bar in in Florida somewhere. It's a really really unique. Yeah, that's a good location. one. And the other would be Jamie's Wings Extra Grill at <laughs> O'Donoghue's in Elm Grove. Oh, extra Grill. Extra Grill. That's it. Not not a menu item. You have to you have to ask for it. Really. It's kind of like the. Animal style that is in the in and out. I'm not not yeah. a fan of it, but yeah, you just ask for extra extra grilled. And Jamie, great. At, Jamie's wings at uh, Donahue's. And do you have to? Is it like a sauce? You pick the sauce too or no? The, it Jamie. So Jamie's wings come with the Jamie That's sauce. sauce. It's, oh. it's, it's it's a special special uh, concoction that he created. Okay, nice. Um, all right. Favorite thing to do in the summer in Milwaukee? Favorite thing would be being in the backyard mm-hmm. with family. Playing with kids, playing with their dog, yeah. just in, enjoying time with neighbors, just just enjoying the the nice temperatures. That Enjoy, we have. Enjoying why we stay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, Bucks or Brewers? Bucks or Brewers? Probably Bucks. Yeah, they're more the recent success. Giannis is incredible. I hope that my kids are are get old enough. Quick enough to understand, and appreciate, and then use him as a role model. So yeah. I'll go. I'll kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing, where like little kids and he's still around. Mm-hmm. I'll hope that for Giannis, right? Yes. You're long enough. Okay. Um, how many cities have you lived in Wisconsin? Cities. So or, yeah, yeah. I get, so not not that many, I would say. So I grew up in Northeast Wisconsin. Where? In Brilliant, small huh. small town. Up between Appleton and Manitowoc, and then I went to school over in Madison, and then followed my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, followed her over to Tulsa. I've been in Tulsa since 2009. Wow, that's not that many. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Debbie time I'm from Menasha, so I know exactly where Ben is. Yes, we did is. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like Northern Wisconsin connection. <laughs> um, okay, last time we were at the zoo. Last time I was at the zoo, oh, and to Zoo Brew. The the fall they have different really? breweries and vendors come into town. It's adults only. So I was gonna say it's adults and kids. Adults, adults only. Yeah, that, that was a unique, way different experience than going with the kids. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice enough here. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. So, thank you. Jennifer. TJ will be joining us once a month. So if you have any specific questions, um, in our comments, we'll have ways to contact TJ. But just to give us a general idea, what's the best way to contact you? Best way would be through myself. You can text or call anytime. The number is nine two zero. 378-6031.
Otherwise, you can email directly. It's tj at guidancemortgage.net. But yeah, to- phone, cell phone is definitely the best. Yeah. So today our podcast was sponsored by Guidance Mortgage. And TJ, you want to give us a quick little bit of information about that? Yeah. So just, just to talk about me. So I, I help people all throughout Wisconsin. I'm, I'm working here in the, in the greater Milwaukee area, but I'm able to help anybody throughout Wisconsin obtain an honest and fair mortgage loan. And I intentionally focus on first-time buyers because I truly enjoy assisting somebody with such a monumental milestone. And I aim to ease the stress of the, the loan process so that you're able to focus on the excitement of buying that home. And I'd love to connect and talk more about how I could help you and be there for you. So you can call or text anytime. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much.